It does a really, really good job of setting up horror situations and then executing them. Along with the production design team, everything about it just gives it a wonderful, wonderful and gory uh, <laughs> look. This is the best possession film since the original Exorcist. This is the best possession film in 50 years. Well, here we are at the end of 2023. How did that happen? Where did that go? It zipped, didn't it? It zipped. It zipped, but it's here. And we did the as, as short as the, the years seem to be, and uh, as all of them anymore seem to be, had some great films. Yeah. Great films in 2023, which is great. And, of course, here on the Fright Club podcast, we're talking about the great horror films, the best of 2023. Welcome in. This is our year-end our year-end look back. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we are from MadWolf.com. So we've narrowed it down to 20, 20 of our favorite horror films of the year. And we'll... We'll zip through the first the first ten pretty quickly, mm-hmm. and then dive in a little deeper to the top ten of 2023. So, anything else? Boy, I don't think so. All right. Well, yeah, it was a good year for movies. It was a good year for horror, and and a nice variety too, I think. And we'll start off at number twenty, and that is Megan. Funny. It was funny, and it was fun. It was. I hoped from the trailer that it would it would keep up that funny, you know, because yeah. the trailer was hilarious, and yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah, and there's. The way they handled the robot oh, and, yeah. and the movements, you still see those those memes and those gifs of her dancing. <laughs> you know, it is. It's got a real dark, uh, mischievous humor about yeah. it, but it still delivers the horror. Yeah, loved it. And it taps into it taps into that. Well, the the, the anxiety that's only getting worse seems by the day for technology mm-hmm. and how technology will be our ruin. <laughs> what else but a killer doll, a killer robot? So yeah, really liked Megan. Also, really liked another funny one at number nineteen. Our number nineteen is on our list of the year. The Blackening, which was outright funny. I mean, it, it was outright funny. It was an intended horror comedy, and it was funny. Yeah, and to be fair, it was probably more funny than scary, mm-hmm. but it still delivered, you mm-hmm. know, as as a horror comedy, yep, yep. and it was smart. You know, and it, it's got its humor in, but still got its message across, yeah, too, yeah. which I think was very sly. And it got silly at times and, and silly bloody, but uh, but and you could probably guess a couple of things that were coming. But still had a lot of fun. Tons. A lot of fun with the blackening. And that is at number 19. Uh, number 18 of our favorite for the year, Birth Rebirth. So 18 and 17 both are riffs on the Frankenstein. Right. And feminist riffs on the Frankenstein, although... We although, saw a lot of that this yeah, year, although horror 17, and non-horror. 17 is, is, is got a slightly different kind of... Of social commentary about it, but uh, this one mainly, you know, Marin Ireland, who is just good in everything, she really is. She delivers in this film because she's kind of a ghoul, and then the longer the film goes on, the more uh, the more her character kind of evolves. It's great, and you know, she's no stranger to horror films, but we see her in other films too. She's got a lot of range. Yeah, she does. She yeah. really does have a lot of range. So she was a a good driving force in that birth rebirth at number eighteen. You already mentioned number seventeen, another another uh, sort of riff, another angle to the Frankenstein myth, and that is the angry black girl and her monster. Oh yeah, and it's just it just is a look at systemic racism and sort of cycles of violence. It's very tender and bloody and sad and scary and really well done. Yeah, and another another example of finding you can take something like this, like the Frankenstein uh, myth or the Frankenstein story, and you. 
and find a new way to look at mm-hmm. it. You know, in non-horror, one of our, if not the favorite film of the year, was Poor Things. Yep. Did the same thing. Yeah, Frankenstein so, was big this year. Yeah, and even after all these years, you can still find another way to look at it. And boy, that one certainly did. 17, The Angry Black Girl and Her Monster. Another comedy at number 16, a lot of fun with Totally Killer. That was really fun. Really Very fun. back to the future. Just, you know... Yeah, it was funny. and But very uh, wink-wink, yeah. very knowing. knowing. Yeah, and if you're uh, certainly if you're a fan of the 80s, maybe mm-hmm. the 80s is your decade mm-hmm. like you, mm-hmm. uh, it was even more fun and, and uh, got, its, uh, got its, its kills in, got its horror in. Also, the sci-fi thing yeah. about the, and had fun with time, ch- travel. time travel movies in general, yeah. which we've, we've gone off on, uh, on on different podcasts. But yeah, Totally Killer was one. I remember when I sat down to watch it, I'll be honest, wasn't expecting to like it that much. Yep. And it had a little bit of the the vibe of the the freakies. Yeah. And the, yeah. Uh, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Happy Death Day. Uh, Happy Death Day. Mm-hmm. Had a bit of that mm-hmm. vibe. But I had a lot of fun with Totally Killer at number 16. Another one that was uh, bloody but funny at number 15, Thanksgiving. Yes. Eli Roth returns. And it's just, you know, I think that this movie is a nice culmination of, it's like, it's it's a maturity for him in, uh-huh. in st- storytelling. It was very slick, well put together, packaged, kind of a slasher film, very retro kind of 80s horror. But definitely the horror itself was Eli Roth all day. It was so much fun. Yeah, it really was. And for those who don't remember, it's based on one of the fake trailers from the Grindhouse yeah. uh, movie back in the day. And all those fake trailers were great. Yes. And they've had, you know, differing uh, differing uh, results making them into big screens. We're still waiting on a Werewolf Woman of the SS. That's right. Get Rob on Zombie, that. get on that. Get on that with Nicolas Cage. But uh, in the meantime, Thanksgiving was, yeah, a lot of fun. At number 14, one that you had to remind me was still this year because yep. we actually got a chance to see it pretty early more than a year ago when we were judging for last year's uh, Nightmares Film Festival. That's right. And we, we, are, we handle the thrillers for that. And this one is a horror thriller called Influencer, and it certainly made it into Nightmares Film Festival, but then got distribution in 2023. And it is a really well done, slick piece of, of gorgeous, gorgeous, and yeah, smart, sly. It's yeah, good it's performances, very. and another good take on the social media culture because we've seen so many movies for good reason, especially horror films, take on the social media culture mm-hmm. with again varying degrees of success. Mm-hmm. Some are pretty by the time they land on the screen, they're already outdated. Right. This one took a little different a uh, little different track to it. A little Hitchcocky this one. A little Hitchcocky, yeah. but as you mentioned, it looks just gorgeous. It does. And we got a chance to talk to the filmmaker Curtis David Harder when he came in for Nightmares. Mm-hmm. Talked to him about uh, filming it and 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 getting it done and and uh, yeah, Hitchcockian, and it also delivers a very crowd pleasing ending. Yes, for sure. Yeah, really, really crowd pleasing ending. So he knows how to construct the the mystery, and then how to really deliver that final. You'll go home happy. Yep. Um, and, and check this out. Yeah, influencer number fourteen on our list of the best horror of the year. Um, uh, at thirteen, Husera the Bone Woman. This one was a Shutter premiere. It's a Spanish-language pregnancy horror film, and it is really, really good. You know, uh, uh, the shot-making is spectacular in this movie, and the performances also. Yeah, we've seen a lot of that, too, this year. Fantastic cinematography, too, and we always love that. So at number 13, Sarah, 
The Bone Woman at number 12. Is this another Shudder? The Sacrifice Game. It is. It is another Shudder. It's uh, Jen Wexler. It's a a holiday story, so it's one that we can watch every Christmas. (laughs) Uh, You know, it is set in the 70s. She's got... She's got this great sort of 70s palette. I mean, it's got really that sort of throwback to when uh, all of the horror movies were about, like, you know, uh, roving bands of hippies. It was, it's so well made. Very, very enjoyable. And, and, of, that, and of course, that reflects, going back to the 70s, the anxieties of the times oh, yeah. and the hippie movement. Yeah. So, yeah, very much. Uh, the Sacrifice Game at number 12. And at number 11, just outside the top 10, but still very good, uh, as all of these are, on our list of best horror of the year, Malum. That's a horror movie. Yeah. There's no getting around it. This one is horror all day. <laughs> no comedy here. No, and it's a it's kind of a remake and update of of an earlier film that he made, but it's also kind of a uh, kind of a, a mishmash of a lot of really great movies, Assault on Precinct 13, The Shining, a ton of stuff, a lot of blood, spooky as it gets and and you know with a with a small confined a small cast confined space. I mean, just a lot done with very little. Super enjoyable. I think this one could also get a lot of people Either watching or rewatching Assault on Precinct 13. Yeah. I mean, because everybody's seen The Shining, yes. obviously. Yeah. And a lot of movies have, have taken off on it. But uh, that's one that comes up every now and then. You'll get a movie that reminds you of that movie. And, and how great it was. Yeah. Yeah. And how influential. Yes. Um, so Malum in at number 11 on our list of the best horror of 2023. All right. The top 10. This one traces a family of murderous sideshow performers as it travels around the world on the dying carnival circuit it's where the devil roams i took his magic made my own pact we gotta keep moving somebody cut off more than you can sew oh here's again we're just rock thieves your daughter did this to me i can fix it while the body runs to dust and bones, there's a tear in the heart where the devil roams. We look forward really every year to whatever the Adams yeah. family has going yes. on. So Toby Poser, John Adams, and Zelda Adams, the mom, dad, and daughter, they co-write, co-direct, and co-star in this film. And um, and it just looks gorgeous. It You know, it, it looks like... Uh, you know, scene after scene, sort of, you know, tintype, like, you know, like still photos of an era and, mm-hmm. and just captures the, the, the tone of this movie so well, the sideshow kind of. Which is always fertile ground is. for horror. It I mean, is. you've got the you've got the visual opportunities just built right in. And if you film them the right way, man, it can be so, so creepy. The carnival or the sideshow, we've seen it done with, of course, American Horror Story, based an entire season around there. And, of course, Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley. Yep. Did it, and here's another one that really takes advantage. Yeah, it really does, and it and it's also you know like a road, like a road picture yeah. as the as they travel and, and and as the family travels, the sort of horrible things that they do, and you know the performances are great. It looks great. Toby Poser really is. She's just a fantastic actor, and she she has such interesting characters, and she brings them to life so well, um, and really wildly different from one film to the next. It was just really enjoyable film. Yeah, Toby Poser, uh, Zelda Adams, and John Adams all credited as writers. And directors. And I also love when a movie like this that gets you in the end where 
you're satisfied, and then you think to yourself, man, why didn't I see that Yeah, definitely. It was and you're not there, going to. But it was there. Yeah, yeah, but you're not going to. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> oh, but I love that. Yeah, I know. I love that. Yeah. It's just a sleight of hand sort of thing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely, if you haven't checked that out, uh, check it out. The 10th best uh, horror film of 2023 on our countdown is Where the Devil Roams. Moving up to number nine, this one is just a stunner. After living 250 years in this world, Augusto Pinochet, who is not dead, but an aged vampire, decides to die once and for all. That's high concept, but man, it works. It's Pablo Lorraine and El Conde. Or The Count. A un soldado se le puede decir que es un asesino. Vos voy a matar a cuatro vampiros. So he's known mostly for these sort of poetic reimaginings of the uh, tragic women's in history, right? Spencer, Jackie. Jackie. Mm -hmm. But he actually, I mean, if you look into his his catalog, he does a lot of slyly political, you know, uh, films. About uh, about Chile and uh, and this one is an outright comedy, a very political satire, very. and his first, as far as I know, horror movie. Yeah, and it's just fascinating. It is like we, like I said in that uh, synopsis, uh, it is high concept. Yeah, but man, just buy in and let it just let it just wash over you, and it's just it's just fascinating to watch. Frame after frame after frame. It is gorgeous. It's another it one that is, it is stunning. It is a stunningly beautiful movie. It's a really, really well-constructed period piece. The performances are funny and fun and wry, and uh, and then the, it's got a twist at the end that you'll be like, oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, and just watching here on the on the studio computer, I'm, I'm watching uh, part of the trailer, and to see him flying around with that oh, yeah. cape, oh, my God. it's amazing. Yeah. And this was one that came from Netflix yeah. back in, I think, September, mm-hmm. so even before the Halloween rush came in, and I don't know, it seemed a little... A little quiet to me. Yeah. All of a sudden, it was there, and they're like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, we gotta I check agree. this out. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was just fascinating. So definitely, if you haven't seen El Conde, uh, check it out. Pablo Lorraine, the director, and also the co-writer, and yeah, very much a political statement, but very darkly, satirically funny, oh, and yeah. just, just gorgeous, gorgeous, incredibly gorgeous. That is number nine on our horror list of 2023. El Conde. Moving up to number eight, in a small Midwestern town, a deadly annual ritual unfolds when the mythical nightmare Sawtooth Jack rises from the corn rises from the cornfields and challenges the town's teenage boys in a bloody battle of survival. It's Dark Harvest. Your sacred duty is to take down Sawtooth Jack before that church bell rings at midnight. You really think that's real? I saw it. It's real. You should do it. You know I'm not allowed. Just because your brother won the run last year? I got an idea. If that thing isn't dead by midnight, this whole town is going straight to hell! Why are you doing this? If you're born in this town, you're cursed. I'm ending this. Tonight. It ain't over. 
Boy, here's one more. Talk about gorgeous. Oh, my Lord. Holy moly. The cinematography in this, especially when they go out in the cornfields and they backlight and you get a, a look at, at the monster. I mean, it's it's great. Oh, the whole mood that is conjured uh, back in you know small Midwestern town decades ago, it's just perfect. And it's it's fun and it's bloody. Oh, it's bloody as hell. It's blood. Yeah. As hell. Yeah. I mean, when they really when they really dig in, like, oh, yeah. alrighty then. Yeah. It's David Slade who did 30 Days of Night yeah. and, of course, Hard Candy. Um, and it's just great to see him come back to horror in such a big way. I'm sorry this didn't get a bigger theatrical release because it was another one that was kind of quietly just dropped. Yeah, but, man, uh, everybody that I know that saw it loved was it. R- loved yeah. it. It, yeah. it is a crowd pleaser. It's a little bit, I mean, there are times when you can guess maybe where it's going it's yeah, not the for deepest sure. thing in no, the world no it's a little bit predictable but this the, the execution is just glorious the execution and it reminded me a lot of a movie we liked very much from i don't know how many years ago 3 or 4 called uh, the vast of night mm-hmm. uh, that was not a horror movie that no. was more sci-fi but the way it conjured up an era yes you know a bygone era small town and uh, i thought it did it really well yeah. also had some some sly humor in it but boy if you want the gore I mean, you want the the beauty and the gore when it kicks in, when the monster uh, and the activities kick in. Yeah, it delivers. And again, it is just it's just beautiful to look at. We should mention it was Larry Smith. Only God forgives. Only God forgives. Now, if you've seen that movie, you know, holy crap. Yeah, there is some cinema. There is some uh, beauty and the color in that movie is unforgettable. Yes. Uh, So, yeah, Larry Smith. Is the cinematographer here, and man, makes it look just along with the production design team. Everything about it just gives it a wonderful, wonderful and gory uh, <laughs> look. This is one that might have slipped through the cracks for you. If so, check it out. Uh, number eight on our list of best horror of 2023. It's Dark Harvest. Let's move it up to number seven. A twisted tale of two estranged sisters whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh possessing demons thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. It's Evil Dead Rise. All you can do is run. I'm getting this out of here. You'd be a good mom someday, honey, bath. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you know how to lie to kids. Mommy's with the maggots now. What will be, will be. Eeny, meeny, miny. You. This is writer-director Lee Cronin. I remember. I remember we were so excited for this, and we were lucky enough to have. Bruce Campbell mm-hmm. on the podcast. This here podcast. Uh, yes. And he was talking about, oh, get ready. This is not, <laughs> yeah, you get ready because they bring it and they move it to this this apartment building. Yeah. And it's so that's really the first time you're taking the Evil Dead mm-hmm. franchise and moving it. And let's be honest, it's probably time. Mm-hmm. It's probably time to do it. But you're still sort of trapped. You're not in a backwoods, you know, cabin or anything, but you're still sort of trapped trying to get away from this. Uh, the Deadites. The, the Deadites, yeah. Oh, yeah, and they're coming. They they're are coming. coming. There are some, I mean, the whole movie, I enjoyed the whole movie, but there are some some particular sequences that really stick with you. And, and, and there's one 
very fisheye, very sort of yes. Yargos like fisheye, as as you watch Carnage through a peephole in a in an apartment door. So good, so good. It does a really, really good job of setting up horror situations and then executing them. Yeah, I think, and that fisheye one you talk about is is very effective. But he uses a variety of different angles he and does. different sort of to keep you disoriented, which which fits mm-hmm. because they're stuck in this. They, they don't just stay in the one apartment. I mean, they go down mm-hmm. to the basement, up, and everything. But still, it's it can be claustrophobic in the fact that they're trying to get away and get free from these dead ice. And it also brings it also brings the blood. Oh, it's incredibly bloody it as anything does. in this series has to be. <laughs> and I think you know, if, for people who didn't care for the Fetty Alvarez version, uh, we love the we Fetty Alvarez, it. as we say. This one, it is it is closer in tone and in violence to that. It doesn't have the slapstick humor of right. the Sam Raimi films. Which I'm, I'm all but, for. But it's a little, I think, a step back in that direction. Like yes. It's, it's, it's more of the Fetty Alvarez type of horror. However, there is more outright humor in this. Yeah. And, then, and again, in all of the weird different camera angles, which is very Sam Raimi. Yeah, I'll give you that. It's more like a half step back toward mm-hmm. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, very, very satisfying for us. That's number seven on our list of the best horror of the year, Evil Dead Rise. Now we're moving up to number six, another one of our favorites, filmmakers Brandon Cronenberg. James and M. Foster are enjoying an all-inclusive beach vacation in the fictional island of Latoka when a fatal accident exposes the re- when a fatal accident exposes the resort's perverse subculture of hedonistic tourism, reckless violence and surreal horrors. Infinity Pool. This is just a little game. But I can take some blood. It's really disgusting. You could just sit there and watch it happen. You know, James, do you worry they got the wrong man? Well, you had us at Brandon Cronenberg. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. And this one gets crazy, as uh, you might expect yes. from one of his films. And it's got a great cast led by Mia Goth and Alexander Skarsgård. Um, and it just, he's hes a, an author. Mm-hmm. And he finds. But not a very good one. No, uh, but he finds happenstance. Mia Goth is a big fan. Right. Oh, how lucky that is. Yeah. There couldn't be any ulterior motives. No. Could they? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the turns that this takes, and it's it's one of those films where. You know, uh, you know, it reminds me actually of several other films, uh, including last year's uh, Speak No Evil, where it's uh, you're br- sort of being led down this path that is eventually going to go way wrong. But somebody's preying upon kind of your social etiquette. Sure. You know what I mean? And I love mm-hmm. Michael Haneke does this a lot. I love films that tread on that. Like, mm-hmm. you're just going to go along with this right now because it would be rude not to. Right. I love that when that's done well and is done so well here. But. Then it turns into a sci-fi just feast of weirdness. Yeah, and it's interesting when movies do that. You know, you're just going to go along with this, right? Because then when it goes to the lengths that it goes, a lot of times you're just turning it back on the victims. Like, well, why didn't you do anything? This is your fault. And you can make that a metaphor for a lot of things going on in the world, uh, especially right now. So, it's yeah, it's really effective. And, of course, with, with Brandon Cronenberg, 
uh, in the Cronenberg name, you can expect some of the stuff that you're might that you're going to see and the type of horror that you're it's, going to see. It's body horror. It That's, is body yeah, horror. It's body but horror. you knew that. But there it, are some really uncomfortable moments too very, in this film. Yes. Very uncomfortable. But uh, yeah, if you're down for the Cronenberg vibe, um, then you'll join us in the Infinity Pool, and that is number six on our list of horror of 2023. Oh, the cream of the crop! Now we're into the top five. And this is from another filmmaker whose work we always want to see. It focuses on Johnny, a wild and impulsive teenage girl living precariously in a town where young women continue to go missing and the power she's forced to unlock to survive. Jennifer Reeder's perpetrator. We have to find that girl. You are one in a long line. Ferocious. Repulsive. Magnificent. He took everything he could from her. He's gonna do that to us too. She's alive. I just don't know where she is. I could feel her blood leaving her body. We are all going to survive this. You have to be okay with the pain and the blood. So Jennifer Reeder is uh, known as a Chicago filmmaker, but we claim her because she is from, she's born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, a few years ago, her feature debut, Knives and Skin, mm-hmm. just knocked us out. Mm-hmm. And we were excited. We've been excited with everything that she's done since then. And this is another just really kind of, I think, uh, another just great, very bloody, really funny, weird feminist horror film that is just just scene after scene intoxicating. Yeah, it is. And it features a... Some great performances, not only the main, uh, Kia McKernan mm-hmm. um, plays Johnny, uh, who's approaching her 18th birthday, and a, and a coming of age, and I think that's a that's a theme that Jennifer Reeder likes to explore. Yes, I think you're right. Coming of age, but also features a glorious performance from Alicia Silverstone. Oh, just wry and delicious. <laughs> She's so good in this so movie. So good. She's so good. And you know, the there, it's a violent film, but it's never like a gratuitously violent, violent film. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of... Uh, High school, it is very much a high school, not a high school slasher. It's more like a John Hughes movie by way (laughs) of sort of David Lynch. It's a lot of fun, so weird, and just wonderful. Yeah, and and smart, another smart one in what it's saying and still working within, you know, the horror genre and reminding people that, hey, the horror genre, these filmmakers have a lot to say. It's not just blood and guts here. There's a lot. There's a lot to say, and this is another example, and really, really uh, enjoyable and satisfying. Number five on our list of the year, and that is Perpetrator from Jennifer Reeder. Moving up to number four, this one, one of the most polarizing films of the year <laughs> for sure. Two children wake up in the middle of the night to find their father is missing, and all the windows and doors in their home have vanished. It's Skinnamarink. In this house. <laughs> Yeah, I think basically either you were terrified beyond reason by this movie, or you were bored stiff. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And boy, I saw plenty of people on both sides oh, of yeah. the aisle. I thought it was so, so well done. So and and scary because 
it taps into an actual nightmare. That's basically what the film is, a filmed nightmare. It's Kyle Edward Ball, the writer-director, who we were also lucky enough to have. We had him come in here to Columbus with a visit to Gateway Film Center and be be on the podcast. We recorded one with Kyle Edward Ball in attendance at a screening. Mm -hmm. And we talked about the genesis of this, which which was he was getting people to submit to him their nightmares, and he would do short films. Yeah, on his YouTube channel. Yeah, bringing them to life. Mm -hmm. And it was very popular, understandably so. And then he just started to realize that so many of the nightmares that he was getting, that that people were submitting to him, were very, very similar. Yeah like this. Mm-hmm. And so he made it, first he made it a, a, a short film called Heck, that's just a little under 30 minutes, and then he turned that into this into this feature, Skin Marink. So it very much is a nightmare. And if you've had anything close to this nightmare, as I have had, mm-hmm. it will really get you. Yeah. Really get you. But again, ju- you're may- you might be just as liable to go, what is the attraction here? Well, right. If you haven't had that nightmare, then it can get a little long and perhaps tedious. But the thing is, and I haven't had that nightmare, um, but I do think that it's, I mean, the the atmosphere that this movie creates and and sort of the, you know, children in peril. There are a lot of things about it that are, that are common terrors for everybody. But I, I just can't help but think. If I were watching a film that literally was a nightmare, had been in my own head, in my own dreams, that would have scared the shit right. out of me. And so our our son had this experience where he did not love this movie, but he said that his girlfriend, Mia, has never been more frightened of anything in her life. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. So it's going to really work for you or maybe really will not work for you. But even beyond that, the way that he constructs it, I mean, with the sound design oh, yeah. and the, the uh, cinematography combined to create this grainy, you know, this VHS kind of world. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you you know, you have to strain through the grain, if I can make that rhyme, to say, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And then and then you hear whispers. Oh, yeah. And then toward the end, you hear another voice. Oh, yeah. What's going on New here voice. that maybe is instructing the children to do things? Like, oh, it's just creepy. Oh, it's, it's very creepy. creepy. And also, there are a lot of little clips of, of uh, no doubt, public domain cartoons. Yes. Which are creepy and fun in the way like those throwback cartoons are. But also, for me personally, one of them was the uh, I'm the pincushion man, the terror of Balloony Land from uh, the the old uh, Pee Wee Herman show, which just I love so much. And also the way he frames children's toys oh my God, can yeah. look oh, yeah. so, so menacing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, running around. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was extremely effective. I get it if you don't, if you're going, what are you talking about? Yeah. I get it. But boy, um, thought it was extremely effective, and uh, and Kyle's a great guy. Yeah, had a great he time is. when he was here. Hope he, he comes is. back He's to town. Yeah, Skinner Rink, number four on our list of the best horror of 2023. Let's move into the top three now. When a group of friends discover how to conjure spirits using an embalmed hand, they become hooked on the new thrill until one of them goes too far and unleashes terrifying supernatural forces. Talk to me. Talk to me. <laughs> Fucking stop it, he's choking. 83 seconds, get it off him. What if we open the door, but we didn't shut it? Delete it. Delete it, come on. The spirits, they followed us. We have to do something. You want to do it again? They're not going to stop. What was it? What? I don't know! I 
let you in. I let you in. Oh my god. Oh, A24. Yeah. Hits again. Yep. This was, man, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, it was very, not tropey. I don't want to say it's tropey. There were familiar things about it, but instead of feeling like every other teenage-driven horror film, it felt like I was dropped in the middle of a bunch of actual teenagers. Yeah. So that was a nice change place. Part of it is because the performances were so very good. They were. It's R-rated horror. And it's light, you know, for us, we've talked about this a lot here on the podcast. It's light on the jump scares and the false alarms, which really get on my nerves. But it still has, it has, it leans on some great visual images that are, that are scary. Oh, yeah. So they are scary. Now, of course, our son is named Riley. And so I'm always particularly weakened when one of the characters <laughs> is named Riley. And of course, the kid who's in the most trouble here is named Riley. Uh. But there is one flash of what's happening to him that just made my stomach drop. Yeah. Yeah. It's really great visual horror. And it, but it also has psychological depth. I mean, it's touching on grief. It's touching on trauma, the anxieties of leaving childhood behind, mm-hmm. moving into adulthood, mm-hmm. taking that step, and and just creepiness with this hand. Yeah. I mean, when it comes back to it, sort of like it reminds me a little bit of, uh, you know, the ring. At the, at the center of it all, you've got this video. Right. Okay, at the center of all this, you've got this hand. Right. Which is just creepy. Yeah. You, you have to grip it and rip it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know what else I want to say, though, just real briefly, is that one of the things I loved in the horror films of this year, this movie and Evil Dead Rise, they are each of the movies, one of the, one of the leads is a trans actor, mm-hmm. and no attention is drawn to that because right. there's no reason for it to be. It's that's not right. like that's not part of the script, that's not part of what the storyline is about, it right. just happens to be that the two of the people in these movies are trans actors are trans people and i yeah, love that that's right um and but it, it was just truly chilling now there are, uh, there are a couple moments where i think maybe it flirts with contrivance for me it didn't step over the line no i've talked are, to a couple people that maybe thought it uh, for me it did not i also felt like it was uh, i'm not sure that the uh the trajectory was often in question, mm-hmm. um, but I yeah, think it's made fair. up for that as well. Yeah, I, I agreed. I thought it was just a really, really great ride with some great visual scares and some and some narrative uh, depth to it as well. A two four strikes again. Number three on our list for this year. Talk to me. At number two, boy, this one might be the biggest crowd pleaser this year. Everybody loves it. Set in post war Japan at its lowest point. When a new crisis emerges in the form of a giant monster baptized in the horrific power of the atomic bomb, Godzilla minus one. What a comeback for the Godzilla franchise. Holy moly. And I'm going to be honest here, and maybe this is on me, I was not expecting this. I was not. Well, so it's the same group that made Shin Godzilla a few yeah, years I, ago, I which was another like high point. But but I can see that there are so many Godzilla movies, and most of them honestly are not very good. I mean, there are like fifty five Godzilla. I know, movies. I know. And this is writer director uh, Takashi Yamazaki, and man, what a success! Not only with well, first of all, the monster looks fantastic. Does absolutely looks great, but the human story, yeah. which is so often such a weak point of mm-hmm. these, the human story, especially j- in the American version, just delivers oh, in does. such a big way. Because you know what? It, it goes back. Obviously, it's set back 
in World War II. So it goes back to the to the beginnings of the the legend here mm-hmm. that everything that you know birthed Godzilla. But also, it's very Japan centered. Yes, and the filmmaker is commenting. He's not only making a monster movie; he's commenting on his country. Yeah, and the expendable way they viewed maybe their their forces, their military. People. 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 Yeah. 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 It, I mean, it's really, it's a beautiful film. I mean, it's it will make you cry. Yo, and de- I, definitely this will. is the first time I ever cried in a Godzilla movie, yeah. but I cried. And the moment that I that it made me cry, and I, I knew it was going to happen, because, uh, as I've told you this story a million times, the first time I watched The Iron Giant, yeah. I watched it with my niece sitting in my lap, and eventually she looked up at me because tears were just smacking <laughs> her little head. <laughs> and so the moment that made me just bawl out loud in this movie, that's what, it, that's what it felt like to me, was that moment in Iron Giant that just gutted me. Yeah, it's a great monster movie. It's a great uh, human story. Now, this one did for me a little bit, a little, a little schmaltzy, and a little bit, um, I don't want to say contrived. You, you can see where it's going, sure. but but still, it works. It does work. It ends up working. And it's my favorite score of 2023. Oh, the score is fantastic. Because it just, it blends like sort of, you know, Spielbergian epics with just throwback mm-hmm. B-movie in-your-face uh, music that was just, it made me so happy. Yeah, and I really appreciated that it was just so pure in its intentions. Like, this is about us, mm-hmm. and this is about the roots of this franchise. Mm-hmm. And you know what? America, the rest of the world, if you like it, fine. But right. we're not concerned. Right. This is, this is we're com- I'm commenting on my homeland mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. and the history of, of the country and war and the history of this franchise. And it's just a resounding success. Yeah, absolutely. A resounding success. And and pretty clever, I think, thought, too, in the yeah. way they go about battling Godzilla. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, so all in all, like I said, I have there's one where I have not encountered one person that didn't like this movie. No. Or just love it. Right. Really. Right. More than just like it. Love it. And that is number two, uh, Godzilla minus one. Number two on our list of 2023 horror. So what could beat it? What could be number one? Well, this one. In a remote village, two brothers find a demon-infected man just about to give birth to evil itself. They decide to get rid of the body only to end up unintentionally spreading chaos when evil lurks. Demian Rugna. I want to see every single thing he ever does. So he mm. made a movie a few years ago, the first one we'd seen of his, called Terrified. And it was great. It was kind of a haunting. It was really, really good and interesting. He also did one of the shorts in Satanic Hispanics this year. Right. My favorite, actually. Right. I have the shorts in that. Yeah. And uh, But this is the best possession film since the original Exorcist. This is the best possession film in 50 years. And you talk about another crowd pleaser. For people that really like horror, horror. this I'll be shocked if you are not blown away by this movie because it delivers the GD goods. Yeah, it does. Because it's a horror movie. There's it is. no getting around it. There's, it is. You know, but it's it's so smart and and it's it's really it's almost like three separate horror films kind of stitched together in a brilliant way, one act to the next. And each one is more compelling and wild and insane and amazing than the one before it. It's so impressive, and and the the protagonist, you know, they unveil more and more about the protagonist, the the lead as he's sort of going along. You think he's just like a, this grumpy guy, 
And then, you know, in the, and he's so frustrating that you just want to so strangle him. Because and that's another reason, though, that you're on the edge of your seat the whole time. Right. You can see the the results of his stupid choices coming. Yeah. It's, oh, they're almost, like, warned. They're warned to him. And he still makes these stupid choices. But what's great about it is that, you know, if you take the movie The Lodge, which we love, we love the movie The Lodge, mm-hmm. that father is an idiot. An idiot. Yeah. And then that's like, but this, it's actually quite realistic. You know this guy, you know people like this guy, mm-hmm. and you know that they're always going to go with their gut, mm-hmm. even when you know, they know, everybody else knows. That's the worst decision he could make. Yep. But he's going to do it every time. Yep. And man, yeah, it, it delivers. You're right. There's a dread. There's just this creeping dread, almost from the first few minutes, oh, really. For, and then and then in the moments when they actually show you the violence, they show you the yeah. the rotten, they show yeah. you the dog. The you're like rotten. Damn. Yeah. yeah, that's what the possessed are called, the yeah. rotten. I like that. That could oh be my God, as a great. title, like maybe even a sequel, the rotten. Oh yeah. 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 It's got some great visuals to it too. I mean, just really nasty evil yeah. sort of visuals to it that oh, really yeah. really drive it home. I mean this is this is serious business. Mm, this is. is the serious business of horror and out on number 1 out on top of the year for 2023 when evil lurks. Yeah, you're right. Always want to see what uh what Rugna is up to. And that you know it's it's the top of a good heap. Yes. Uh in 2023 and a lots of I think you can look at just from our our top 20 there. And there were some more that could have easily popped oh, in. Oh, absolutely, end. for um, sure. A lot of variety, a lot of different types of horror. Mm-hmm. I mean, one that almost made it was Renfield, yeah. which I th- was fun. It was and fun. And also it was very fun. bloody. Yeah, it was very you know, bloody, but, yeah. But very fun to see uh, Nicolas Cage do, uh, do that part. So, yeah, it was a lot to offer, a lot to uh, be happy about in 2020. Hey, you know what's another really great, great uh, horror movie that came out in 2023 that people be? should be watching? Obstacle Corpse. Out there now. That's right, out there now on all of the platforms that you might want to find it on. And, yeah, just... Uh, uh, we would have put it on the list, honestly, but we thought, yeah. well, that's rude. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag shameless. Um, it just debuted on Plex. Right, so it's on Plex, Another it's on platform. Voodoo, it's right. on Tubi, and it's on Prime. So watch it, watch it, watch it. Please do. 85 minutes, bloody funny you're in you're out hopefully you're going to have a good time with it and if you do see it please let us know we'd love yeah. to see you to check it out what you think do you know what else is coming up george uh oh my lord talking of, about time passing quickly yep coming up january yep will be the 10th year of fright club yep and we will have uh fright club live will be our 10th anniversary man that's insane it is insane that is wild to me that we've been doing this for 10 years yeah started out at uh, studio 35 Mm -hmm. here in columbus moved for a few months to uh the drexel Mm -hmm. love both of those found our forever found our forever home at gateway film Film center Center. been there uh ever since we do it live as you know once a month in front of that crowd great crowd and uh, do a podcast, have some fun, have some drinks, give away some prizes, and then show a movie. And yet, 10 years later, we're still doing it. So, by all means, if you're in the area, make plans to join us for the 10th anniversary shindig. Yes. The 10th anniversary uh, blowout. We're still working on the train seals, the animal acts. <laughs> I don't know about that. We will have prizes, though. We will have Plenty. prizes. We're also uh, we're going to show the movie The Black Cat. That is going to be our classic for this year, and it is a movie that I have literally been trying to get for years, and I'm just I so grateful it. to Chris Hamill for finally getting this for us. I can't wait to see it on a big screen. I've never seen it on a big screen. I haven't either. And uh, Unexpected Guests. That's a good That's going to be the it's a, it's such a, it's it's such a staple in horror, oh, so yeah. yeah, that'll be a lot that'll of fun. That'll be Friday, January the 12th mm-hmm. uh, for the 10th anniversary blowout extravaganza. 
for Fry Club Live. So, of course, we'll have more. Um, i got to make an event for it, too. You do. On the, on the socials. So we'll do that. And by all means, if you haven't joined Fry Club Podcast, the group on Facebook, do that. Just put in a request to join. We'll get you in there. Lots of fun in there. Uh, so a bunch of stuff coming up as we wrap up 2023. Yes. Hey, George, did you know we're also on Blue Sky? We're on Blue Sky. See, I have a trouble remembering that because you take care of that completely. I don't yeah. think I've ever even been on Blue Sky. No. You handle that. Yeah, I it's handle like threads. me and six other people. Yeah. <laughs> but you're building. <laughs> you're building a community is what what's important. So, yeah, madwolf.com is the main website, and then you can find us at madwolf on Twitter and then on Facebook, Instagram, and Threads which I do. That's my territory. Mm-hmm. I got the threads mm-hmm. covered. Lockdown. Mm-hmm. That's Mad Wolf Columbus. Mm-hmm. And then on Blue Sky, it's... Fright Club. It's Fright Club. On Twitter, it's Fright Club Pod. Right. So a lot of ways. Tons. A lot of Loads. ways to check in. And we hope you will, because as we wrap up 2023, obviously looking back at some great stuff, we're looking ahead to some hopefully great stuff in 2024. And we'll start that off with the 10th anniversary party. So make it if you can. Let us know what we thought about this list. What did we miss? What did we, uh, you know, miss number? Are you are you just aghast that Skinnamarick is in there at all? <laughs> all right. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Maybe we'll get Kyle involved in that conversation. But uh, please keep in touch if you can. And have a great close to this year. Have a great uh, end of the holiday season and a great start to 2024. We look forward to uh, starting off uh, the, the, the 11th year. Uh, here at Fright Club. So appreciate it as always. Keep in touch. She is Hope Mad. He's George Wolf. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Hi, folks. I'm Bruce Campbell hanging out here with Hope and George, Dave Ruby, 